son. Where'd you find this? You are now listening to Podcast 42, the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirrel-dry telling of pop culture history. Brian told me that the last Castle Wars Wars was the funniest episode we've done in a while, because he was dying listening at all the innuendos that you threw in there. <laughs> what are you talking about? There are no innuendos in that script. script everyone. So is he saying that we haven't been funny in a while? No, we have been funny, but okay, he said that's that, how I took it. <laughs> he said that this has definitely been the funniest episode in a while, like where he was just dying listening to us from start to finish. Okay. Notice how I didn't take the compliment. I went straight for the, what, the negative. What, the backhanded compliment there? Yeah. <laughs> that one was really funny. Not like the previous 15 weeks. No. That's how I took Council it. Council Wars <laughs> 2 was better than Council Wars 1 is how I took it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so. a rarity. Th- yeah, the I sequel so. was better yeah. than... That yeah. is a rarity. Maybe if we make it a trilogy, we can have it that way because then it would be just like every Star Wars trilogy yep. where the second one is the best. He said it's a 17-part series for us. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. Parts. So we're doing like the extended version of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings? Well, we have to go back to eventually after episode three and go back and do a prequel trilogy about the pre Why are we doing age? a prequel trilogy? <laughs> no, we have, to do, we have to do like Game Boy and all the handheld games. Oh, yeah. handhelds, I'm sure yep. you're all about the handhelds. Uh-huh. Can we turn on the light it's gonna start hurting my eyes we can wait a little longer until it gets darker but i'm never gonna be able yeah. to read the script when it's this dark yeah Faraz wanted mood lighting i know he wanted the mood lighting he wants us all to read the script by the little tiny death star you know <laughs> you know all about his mood lighting when you're in you his tie fighter bed you should have got a little death star so right there lighting up synchronize them no he, the jameson's gives better you a little pew pew <laughs> <laughs> well on that note <laughs> It's time for Podcast 42. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fassone. JL Trost. And I'm Faraz. Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get right into the beer cooler right away. You brought a very colorful one gigantic can of beer. It's a crawler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink, yeah. It's a growler and a can. <laughs> That's cool. How many ounces is that? Uh, it's a quart. Hey, metric Did you system, almost say who cares? <laughs> he did almost say who cares. <laughs> but I it's a legitimate question. Who cares? All right. Who cares? It's a lot of beer. It's big. All right. It's colorful. Yeah. What's the name of it? Good. It's from Cycle Brewing. This is their Crank IPA. It's an IPA. Oh, good. It's an IPA. It's an IPA. This was a gift from a friend of mine. It is 32 ounces in one quart. That's a normal serving for me. There's nothing I like better than back-to-back IPA beer tastings. I will get you an IPA next week also. (laughs) (laughs) That way we can have the trifecta. Maybe I'll get you a double IPA. Oh, that'll be great. There's double IPAs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like double bad? No, like double good. Oh, okay. 
Faraz has not taken his eyes off of this light the entire time. <laughs> He's just it's watching. So, did you smell the beer Enticing. though? Did I smell it? Yeah, the smell is uh, interesting. Very interesting. You can smell the hops though. Definitely smell is and that taste what the I'm hops. Smelling? I yeah, thought I was yeah. smelling citrus. I think there's I think there's citrus in there too. Is this our first time like smelling the beer? I've never had a. We smell never really the beer. poured into cups to smell. That's true. That was Ooh, the we whole. Start p- doing that. And to see the color. <laughs> Remember when for, I used to talk yeah. about the color? We used to pour yours into a glass all the time, and then you decided against it because it was taking too long. Yeah, for four episodes we did we did color, but you know no one can see much like the light we keep referencing. Yeah, like no one can see the light. It's a Death Star stroke. Carol Ann, go towards the light. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just dancing so <laughs> for us. Jesus, you're like a moth to a flame. All right, we're going to need to start doing Facebook Live so people can see what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Death Star strobe light. I just described it. It flickers it's entrancing through for all for us. the lights, the colors of the spectrum from a lustful crimson <laughs> to a very placidly tranquil white. The and only thing I'm learning from this is that Star Wars there. turns for us on. Yeah. <laughs> fertile green. Well, speaking of fertile green... And that's why his son is named Luke. <laughs> this week's episode is on Robin Williams. The legend. The master. And when we were picking topics, I said, well, let's do Robin Williams. And JL said, you know, that's going to be like a four-parter. And you were right. It could have been a four-parter. So we're going to briefly touch over Robin Williams. Um, we're not getting into everything and I sort of, uh, we sort of laid back on the drug stuff. We're going to do more happier. Um, Thank you. <laughs> turned on the light. Can't do some more happier Robin. Robin Williams. We touched a little bit on his on his drug stuff, but um, yeah. there's other podcasts that you can get really down and deep, dirty into the, to the seedy life of Robin Williams. We're going to stick to the more positive life of Robin Williams. You know, turning on the ceiling light really dampens the experience of the Death Star light. You it's should probably turn on. it off. Yeah, the light's still it's on. It's jarring. All right, focus. Did you use that for Jar Jar Banks? <laughs> because this episode isn't on the Death Star light. No. This but episode's on Robin Williams. But are we having a quiz? No. We're having a quiz. Pop quiz time. Oh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. I should have studied. This pop quiz is called, if they remade it today, it would be called Good Morning Taliban. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I really wanted to hate Jumanji too, but I didn't. And I so wanted to hate it so bad, but it was good. good. You can't hate The Rock. No, do you know it was... The Rock's made some bad movies. No, do you know it was a bad movie? Bad A bad, bad movie. Pain and Gain. Was Ghostbusters two or not <gasps> Ghostbusters two? The new Ghostbusters. How dare you say Ghostbusters two? No, no, no. Was I, bad. I, meant, I meant no. I meant to say the new one. The what one are you talking with about? The, Chris Hemsworth held that movie up. Yeah, that was about the only part of that movie that was okay. That movie was, yeah, the it tried so hard to be funny, and the jokes just fell so flat. I didn't mind it. I, I didn't well, either. I we, yeah, it was, it was okay. It, was, it wasn't. It was what it was supposed to be. It no, was a reboot without being a reboot. No, was that was the worst part me. about it. Like you had all you, of the people come back for cameos, and that's the yes, best that you could do. Playing anybody that was related to their character. That's the problem. No, it's not. Yes, it was. It was okay. You had to that's definitely no. the problem. You had the pr- you had the backbone to make a great sequel reboot yeah. if you wanted to, and you kind of just dropped the ball. It was, suffered from poor writing, poor execution. Yeah, it was all right. 
It was terrible. It wasn't the greatest, but it, it didn't deserve the hate that like, people get. Like Agreed. Sigourney Weaver's cameo at the very end, after the credits and everything, with Kate McKinnon, and that's like Sigourney Weaver is Kate McKinnon's mentor. It's like you could have done that for all of the characters. Like one of them is the You're overanalyzing it. No, it just it was just. Yeah, it was ugh. I wanted to like right. it, and I didn't. Question one. <laughs> what is John Keating's, Williams' uh, character in Dead Poets Society profession? Was John Keating's profession in Dead Poets Society? I've never seen that. Really? Really? You've never seen Dead Poets? I don't think no. I've seen it in a good 15 years, though. I've it's, never seen it. It's really good. Question it, number two. What was that, J.L.? Wasn't that like his first serious role? I don't know. I don't, I don't know the... I didn't... When we wrote the script, I didn't pay too much attention to the dates of the movies. Uh, maybe, I don't know. Question number two. What show did Mork originally appear on? Who? Mork. What show did Mork originally appear on? This is Robin Williams' big breakthrough role was Mork from Ork. I had a Mork from Ork figure that came in an egg. You never saw Mork from Ork? No. Mork and Mindy? No. No? Nanu Nanu? No. So is Mork and Mindy the answer? I don't yes. know. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. Well, I'm going to write that down and hope for the best. <laughs> Question number three. In what movie did Robin Williams star with Nathan Lane? Oh, I know that. Nathan Lane from The yes. Producers. You know that movie at least. I've never seen it, but I know what the movie is. I don't know. You don't know. Are you writing anything down? Oh, you didn't know? You got to write down an answer of some sort. Who's Nathan Lane? Nathan Lane is the voice of Timon. Mm-hmm. No, from the looks of things, that wasn't like his first serious role. Like he had a few others before that. Okay, I would think he did the Stephen King movie before that. Ooh. Question, Question four. number four: What Williams movie is based on a real life doctor who believes in laughter, along with medicine to help heal sick people? Ah. Uh... I've seen this movie too. You helped write the script. I don't think this movie came up in the script. I think it probably I does because it, it actually has a depressing ending. I've never seen this one. Really? Yeah. Good movie. Depressing ending. I I no cheating. It, I saw it as a child. <laughs> and question number five. What hospital was Robin Williams a big supporter of? Uh, Remember, question number five is always going to be the hardest question. Mm, it's not in the script. Mm, it's not in the fishbowl facts. Mm, all right. Pencils down. Question number one. What is John Keating's uh, profession in Dead Poet Society for us? Lost Boy. What? <laughs> That's Hook. <laughs> JL. Writer. Nicole. Poet. <laughs> He's a teacher. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. But what I'm hunting. You know what I was thinking on that. Like, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Teacher. Question number two. What show did Mork originally appear on? Faraz? Happy Days. Nicole? Mork and Mindy. JL? <laughs> Happy Days. Happy Days. <laughs> Trick question. Trick the Faraz question. should know that. <laughs> <laughs> the Faraz. Question number three. In what movie did Robin Williams star with Nathan Lane? Nicole? Birdcage. JL? Birdcage. Faraz? I have Birdcage. Uh, Are you just saying that? Do you? I have Birdcage. Okay. All right. Mm. That's correct. The Birdcage. <laughs> Question number five. What Williams movie is four, based... Four. Four. What, yeah, four, five. It's in between four and five. What <laughs> Williams movie is based on a real-life doctor who believes in laughter along with medicine to help heal sick people? JL. Patch Adams. Nicole. Pass. 
There's no passing. You have to write an answer. <laughs> I don't have an answer. There was there was one where he dressed up like a dinosaur. Written, I can't remember what it was. You should have just written down Jack. And it was like really sad. I can't remember. Jack. Ugh. That was... Awakenings? That no. was the dinosaur movie. No, it wasn't a dinosaur. But like he was dressed up in a fur costume. AI? Yeah, dinosaur movie? No. That's not a costume. He was a very hairy man. That's not no. very... That was his character in Jumanji. Uh, it was no. a sad... It was supposed to be a really sad movie. I'll look it up. Okay. For us, I have Patch Adams. Patch Adams is correct. I never saw it. And number five, what hospital was Robin Williams a big supporter of? For us, I have a children's hospital. A children's hospital is close. Nicole. St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. JL. I have St. Jude's or the Shriners. St. Jude's. St. Jude's. I remember him doing the commercials for it. Oh, really? Mm hmm. All right, Um, let's get into it. Robin Williams, the alien Mork, Popeye the Sailor Man, the magical genie, the enduring Mrs. Doubtfire, the legendary Peter Pan. He wasn't a lost boy, by the way. He Death was Peter to Smoochie. Pan. Peter Pan started as a lost oh. boy, I think, didn't he? Yes, that was with Ed Norton. Sure. I never saw it. I just remember well, that it obviously, was weird. Well, you never see any movie. I never see any movie. Death to Smoochie. You see, he was... Death to Smoochie, that, that was terrible. Yeah, that was a Danny DeVito movie. I don't know. Did he wear a top hat? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah, they look the same. Okay. Both have the same career. No, right Danny uh, DeVito directed it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Who was the star? Uh, him and Ed Norton, the okay. two of them. I must be thinking of something different. Yeah. Robin Williams, the comedian from Chicago, starred as, starred as a plethora of roles and characters that have endured the test of time. All this despite his high school class of 1969 voting him least likely to succeed. That's silly. Why would you have that as a category? You didn't? No. Yeah, they always we have had, that as a category. No, yeah. we had most likely to succeed. We never had least likely oh, to we succeed. Totally had least likely. It's like, don't beat people down. That's like, you want to try and build school. them up. Yeah. No, no. You, you went. You know. What'd you do? Go to Degrassi? I would. <laughs> <laughs> Williams was consistently described by friends and classmates as funny, but he described himself as shy. The shyness wasn't squashed until he entered his school's drama program. Then at 16, he and his family moved to California, where more classmates would continue to describe him as funny. It's a very original description. (laughs) He's funny. Funny. (laughs) Very funny. Funny guy. In a 2001 interview on Inside the Actor's Studio, he was described as funny. (laughs) Williams said that he owes his humor to his mother and his attempts at simply trying to get a laugh out of her during his childhood. His mother, Laura, Lori, Lori, Lori McLaurin. (laughs) (laughs) That's not right. That's that's her name. Lori McLaurin. Lori McLaurin. Wait till you see the kids' names. (laughs) Was a former model and practitioner of Christian science, which was the fastest growing religion in the United States during the early 1900s i've never heard of christian science um for it to be growing that fast. it was a separate branch of scientology yeah was pretty it? much yeah it's kind of like scientology in a okay. way is there an alien involved because that's the coolest part uh, of scientology yeah. mork mork <laughs> his father robert williams worked as an executive at ford's lincoln mercury division robert's career called for him to spend much of his time traveling and sometimes relocating the family since Lori also worked this left robin with the company of either his older half brothers robert and mclaurin his name is not mclaurin 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 oh my god yes his name is mclaurin mclaurin and then you have the other brother robert which is named after their father 
you and know, the other brother, McLaurin, McLaurin, because yeah, McLaurin, McLaurin. they hated him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, Chris. McLaurin uh, Williams. McLaurin Williams. <laughs> you know, we, we pride ourselves on being um, inaccurate retellings of pop culture, but I mean, it doesn't mean we're being intentionally inaccurate. I can't believe this. He's actually right. The name of his brother really is McLaurin. McLaurin, McLaurin. Yeah. I was, uh, we were both wrong about the Christian science, though. I just remembered <clears> that. It's actually um, all natural remedies. So they don't believe in, say, medicine. Mm-hmm. Christian science believes in, say, if you're really sick. Prayer. You can pray it away. Oh, can you pray it away? That's what their okay. belief was. We got to pray. We got to pray today. <laughs> I think that was MC Hammer, wasn't it? Like the thoughts and yes, prayers. Yes, it was. Memes. That was when he came back after bankruptcy. Okay, that was good. I did real good. All right. And you're you were next. too legit to quit. After high school... Williams enrolled in Claremont, <clears throat> California's Claremont Men's College in pursuit of a degree in political science. I almost changed that sentence because there was a lot of Claremont was a in lot, that. Yeah. As we all probably expected, Williams decided to drop out. He instead decided to pursue acting. Why would we expect that, though? Because we know his career by now. He's clearly not a political scientist. So we figured at some point he didn't continue with that. But he could have continued program. and then just not done it. I don't think many comedians continue with like that kind of academic background no do you yeah. why wouldn't they well in your experiences with comedians like and knowing about them which comedians can you think of offhand that have done so well i don't know versus what, the plethora of comedians that have always dropped out i don't know what all the comedians have graduated with i don't know i'm pretty sure statistically m- many successful comedians yeah have dropped out of like those high-end academic fields. So you're saying comedians found, are dropouts. But they found success doing other things worthy of their talents. Okay. So it's like this didn't appeal to me. I am more uh, right-brained or whatever than the left brain requires or the left brain fields requires. So I'm going to pursue this, my talents, and sure enough, I will luck out in this field okay. using my talents. All right, continue. Um, I have 10 that gained college degrees before they made it big. Who? 10 comedians. Dimitri Martin, Aisha Tyler, Jerry Seinfeld, Larry David, Sasha Baron Cohen, Conan O'Brien, Weird Al Yankovic, and John Cleese. John Stewart also was Ivy League, I believe. Wow, so this is already disputing your claim. Uh, <laughs> Although, everybody on that list... You said attended. That doesn't no, shock gained me. gained college degrees before they made it big. So and they then you all have got to degrees. look into what kind of degrees are these, like, how far do they go? Are these... Seinfeld and Larry like David. You're looking at associate's degrees and so forth. And then, again, you're also looking at 10 comedians versus the sheer legion of comedians out there that are successful. So, like I said, statistically, yeah, you can gain information and skew the representation of the data. Oh, he's calling you a skewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, either way, you're basically Fox Newsing my data. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up actual things right now. Okay, but if you, I am researching. Like if you had much Chevy, more than they ever do. Chevy Chase on that list and Rodney Dangerfield, I wouldn't believe Seinfeld it. Seinfeld has a degree in communications, but all those that names, I can, I can definitely see. See, a communications degree is a legitimate college degree. It is, and he just actually got a field. Kind of like Paul Tyler, environmental huh? policy. Stephen Colbert, I think, was Dimitri Martin. He went to the New York University School of Law on a full and scholarship. NYU. Wow. Right, but again. I was looking statistically. Yes, yes. You're again nitpicking a certain few. Larry Davids is in history. Okay, back, <laughs> back to Robin Williams and his dropouts. Instead, he decided to pursue a career of acting at the College of Men. Williams, the College of Men. College of Martin. <laughs> oh, what's the College of Men? Wherever Williams went to become a law. 
His drama professor, James Dunn, would later comment that he could see in his student a raw talent. And it became even more obvious when Williams was cast as the character I can't Fagan. Fagan in the school's production of Oliver. It wasn't uncommon for Williams to improvise during his drama program. I don't see that. No. He's known for improvising? <laughs> Often leaving classmates rolling with laughter, Professor Dunn had said to his wife once that Williams, <laughs> quote, was going to be something special, unquote. Now, when anybody ever says rolling with laughter, am I the only one that pictures people actually just rolling and laughing? <laughs> I'm no. hoping it's down a hill. I have fallen to the floor and clutched my sides and in laughter before and it was because your appendix hurt no it wasn't no it was because i was laughing so hard i guess you, you rolling? I, could, I could roll back and forth like a turtle no i picture them rolling no yes like you know a i turtle. actually look up that phrase like rolling with laughter is a rolling mm. over with laughter apparently both are acceptable but rolling with laughter is a more preferred version of the term <laughs> phrase phrase on phrase <laughs> I, did you learn that at the, Did you learn that at the College of Men? <laughs> college of Men, we learn we learn these things. They teach you how to roll with laughter. I'm sure that's not, not all they roll teach you to do with laughter. <laughs> I just want to know why you know that. I was curious. Okay, keep going. At the College of Men, <laughs> it's quite a school to be curious in. Yes, you were by curious in it. In 1974. Williams was awarded a full scholarship to Juilliard in Manhattan. During his freshman year, he was one of the only two students accepted into the advanced program. That second student would become close friends with Robin Williams and would go on to represent arguably the most iconic version of Superman. Ooh, ooh, jail. <laughs> Bad Affleck in Hollywood land. No. Nicole, what do you think it is? What? Say what? Iconic version of Superman? I don't know. Jesus Christ. Nicholas Cage. George. I'm, I'm trying Nicholas to play Cage. with the Yeah, that's a good one. version that never got made. George Lasbury. Christopher Ooh. Reeve. Oh. Oh. The two shared many classes together at the College of Men. Men, 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 Reeve once reflected on Williams. Quote, he wore tie-dyed shirts with tracksuit bottoms and talked a mile a minute. I'd never seen so much energy contained in one person. He was like an untied balloon that had been inflated and immediately released. I watched in awe as he virtually caromed. Caromed? I don't know. Careened? Careened I've never seen that word. Caromed. Caromed. Nicole's right. Caromed. I think I heard it. That guy has a degree. off the walls of the classrooms and hallways to say that he was on would be a major understatement. Unquote. <laughs> oh, backslash unquote. Yeah, I don't know who wrote that. I did because I was used to. The I'm not reading backslashes that. Backslashes things. Okay. Reeve also said that Williams's energy carried over into everything, and oftentimes bewildered their professors with his zealous, unbridled ardor for performing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, these are the words you're going to give me. <laughs> Guess who wrote that sentence? <laughs> The guy who's who has been amused by a light for the past yes. half hour. You changed it to RGD2. It was the Death Star. When did you change it? Who changed that it? That is the light you are looking for. It changes on its own. That's right. It randomly the color has been the same. Yes. 
Williams also silenced critics who accused him of belonging exclusively to the realm of stand-up comedy with his his performance of an old man in a production of Night of the Iguana. Yeah. Yeah. I hate Night of the Iguana. I know. Stupid iguana. I prefer Night of the Chameleon instead. Yeah. The Spider-Man villain? Yes. Reeves said of the portrayal, he simply was the old man. Williams and Reeve maintained a tight friendship until the latter's sorrowful expiration in 2004. Wow, thanks for us. Expiration. <laughs> wow. You couldn't say passing? Oh, like sad. he's like a jug of milk that we had to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's how you treat Superman? I can't wait to see how you explain Williams. Somebody sniffs Reeve's head and then threw him away. Oh. Brendan Routh treated oh. him better than that. Oh. Yep. Williams had helped pay much of Reeves' medical bills and offered financial assistance to his fa- to his friend's family. Zach Williams, Robin's son, had commented that the two were akin to brothers from another mother. Aww. No. Yeah. Williams began doing stand-up comedy shows in the San Francisco Bay Area in the mid-70s. His first performance took place at the Holy City Zoo, Woo! where he worked his way up from tending bar to getting on stage. That's how we all do it. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. San Francisco was a center for rock music, hippies, drugs, and sexual revolution. Sounds like fun. (laughs) Williams helped lead it into a comedy renaissance as well. Williams says he found out about drugs and happiness during this time, saying, The best brains of my time turned to mud. Mm -hmm. Williams cities... uh, Cities. Williams sites... (laughs) Yeah, I we know. Read. Right, at, right, <laughs> at, right at the get-go, I messed up. College of Man at work here. Get-go or get-go? Get-go. 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 Williams cites his comic influences as Jonathan Winters, Peter Sellers, Nichols and May, and Lenny Bruce. These comics attracted a more intellectual audience by using a higher level of humor. He also liked Jay Leno for his quickness and Sid Caesar. Anybody heard of Nichols and May? No. 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 Okay. Jonathan Winters, however, was his idol. Williams first saw him on television at age eight and referenced him in interviews throughout his career. His American idol. He said of Winters' ingenuity, quote, that anything is possible, that anything is funny. He gave me the idea that it can be free form, that you could go in and out of things pretty quickly, unquote. Easily. Easily. You can't quote and then unquote with the wrong word. (laughs) Then it's a paraphrase. Unparaphrase. Unparaphrase. <laughs> Eventually, due to the unwavering stress of performing stand-up, he started using drugs and alcohol early in his career. Although Williams never drank or took gr- drugs while on stage, he would occasionally perform while hungover. Williams once said of the life of stand-up comedians, quote, it's, Paraphrase. A, <laughs> it's a brutal field, man. They burn out. It takes a toll. Plus the lifestyle, partying, drinking, drugs. If you're on the road, it's even more brutal. You got to come back to mellow your ass out. And then performing takes you back up. They flame out because it comes and goes. Suddenly they're hot and then somebody else is hot. Sometimes they get very bitter. Sometimes they just give up. Sometimes they have a revival thing and they come back again. Sometimes they snap. The pressure kicks in. You become obsessed and then you lose that focus that you need. Unquote. I'm paraphrasing. That was... Very Robin Williams-like, the way you read that. I was trying really hard. That was very William Shatner of you. (laughs) (laughs) He soon moved to Los Angeles and continued continued doing stand-up shows at various... Page turn. Clubs. Only to Chris. (laughs) Always me. (laughs) 
TV producer George Schlatter saw him at the comedy club. Schlatter. Schlatter. It's not Schlatter. There's no second L. It's silent. Schlatter asked Williams to appear on a revival of Laughing. The show became his debut TV appearance. Williams also performed a show at the LA Improv that same year for HBO. While the Laughing revival failed, it led Williams into a career on television. After laughing, Williams appeared in the cast of the Richard Pryor show and Eight is Enough. I need to go back and find the Eight is Enough episodes. I would like to see that. Next, Williams was cast by Gary Marshall as the alien Mork in a 1978 episode of the TV series Happy Days. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Days. Thursday, Friday, Happy Days. I don't know what happened to Wednesday. Did I say Wednesday? No. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Happy Thursday, days. Friday, Saturday. Happy days. Williams impressed the producers when he was asked to take a seat for the audition, and he did so by sitting on his head. <laughs> See? that He did that in the show. You're missing some great stuff. He's clever. With mm. the character of Mork, Williams improvised much of his dialogue and physical comedy, speaking in a high nasal voice. Mork's appearance was so popular with viewers that led to the spin-off television sitcom Mork and Mindy. Hey. This show co-starred Pam Dobler and ran from 1978 to 1982. The show was written to accommodate Williams' improvisational style and behavior, although Im- it revolved what? Improvisational. That's what That's I what said. That's what he improv. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you said improvisational. I was starting to say it wrong, but then I corrected mid mid word. <laughs> improvised <laughs> midway through. That's right. And I, nobody would have noticed if you wouldn't have called him out. I fixed it <laughs> until you, yeah, called me out. Although it revolved around some, the, although it ro- revolved around some, same, although. Although it revolved around same character. Same character. character. <laughs> <laughs> We're missing something. Although it ro- revolved around the same character featured in Happy Days, the new series was set in present-day Boulder, Colorado, instead of Milwaukee in the late 1950s at its peak mork and mindy had a weekly audience of 60 million much like our show and was credited with turning williams into a superstar 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 mark was so popular that he was featured on posters coloring books lunch boxes and other merchandise like my little toy of mork and the egg because he flew in an egg nicole that was his spaceship was an egg an egg yes and he had to go report back to his leaders and his egg about what was going on on earth. So he was totally on drugs. What? No, well that, no, no, that was show. part of the I show. I know, but that sounds like a person who's on drugs. No, I don't think that's something he made up. I think that was part of the show. <laughs> that, was, that was scripted. Uh, William's drug use really heightened due See? Drugs! Time. He would often stay out until 3 or 4 in the morning and show up late for his 10 o'clock set time. One night, he partied with John Belushi, only to receive the news the very next day that Belushi died of an overdose. This would haunt Robin Williams over the course of his entire career. He began to clean up his act shortly after, and no, even it had says a... he began to clean up. Well, obviously, yeah. he hadn't yet. <laughs> he if he to... just began, he wasn't cleaned up <laughs> it yet. It sounds he like the sentence... And then he cleaned it. It sounds like the sentence oh, was originally he cleaned up his act, but then decided to change and become he began to clean to up change. his act. It's not sure which direction it wanted uh, yeah. to go in the tent. This was this stuff? written while I was moving furniture. 
I don't, what furniture? There's no furniture here. There's no furniture in this house. <laughs> All there is, there's a child has a whole bedroom. She has a tent. No, she doesn't. She has a tent. That's all I see. She has a whole room. bed and a bed under there. And go look in her room again. <laughs> We're recording in a van. So anyway. The mystery machine. Williams cleared and then cleaned up his act and even had his first child named Zachary. <laughs> Yeah, I know. When you said we're going to take the show on the road, I didn't think literally. <laughs> I think of it like Walter White's RV. We're recording in a van down by the river. Cooking meth. Also, Chris is in his briefs. <laughs> and he's wearing a little coat. I was quoting Chris Farley, not Walter White. Yes. Uh, Chris is the danger. Chris in a little coat. <laughs> <laughs> Williams became a regular... <laughs> If Are you picturing me in my tidy whities <laughs> Is that why you're laughing? <laughs> you so, just mixed Chris Farley and Breaking Bad. So uncomfortable. Because I do not look like Chris Farley in my tidy right whities It would be so uncomfortable for me. So that's the man who wore a Jedi robe to a recording one time and nothing else. Uh, I don't think it would be that uncomfortable if I was sitting here in my tidy whiteies. I think you'd be impressed. It's like if you go to a swimming pool. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, then I wouldn't have to get up and go to the bathroom and just pee in the pool. Plus, I own no white underwear, so it'd be like... They used to be white. Tidy reddies or tidy They aren't anymore, but they used to be white. Tidy blackies. (laughs) Tidy tannies. (laughs) Only on one side. Oh, God. Williams, Tidy Bart Simpsonies, a regular guest on various talk shows, including The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson, and The Late Night, and The Late Night Show with David Letterman, appearing over 50 times. Letterman, who knew Williams for nearly 40 years, recalls seeing him first perform as a new comedian at the com- comedy store in Hollywood, where Letterman already been doing stand-up. I was so hoping you were going to say comedy store. I, know, <laughs> I have a pair with Princess Leia on it, too. Is it Princess Leia or Leia? I don't know. I say Leia. Because both, either way, you're looking at his buns. <laughs> <laughs> I get corrected all the time. He came in like a hurricane, said Letterman, who said he thought he then thought to himself, quote, holy crap, there goes my chance in show business. Can you read that like Peter Griffin? I don't think I can, but you can. No, I'm not good with Peter Griffin. Yes, you are. are. Holy crap. (laughs) (laughs) Williams next set out to conquer film. His first film role was a small part in the 1977 low-budget comedy, Can I Do It Till I Need Glasses. What does that mean? I don't know, but there wasn't enough of a pause. Yeah, there is some ellipses there. Can I Do It Ellipses Till I Need Glasses. No, you're not supposed to say ellipses. Can I do it? Till I need glasses. (laughs) That's perfect. That was great. But it didn't sound like a question the way you said it. Are you sure? I think I had the right inflection. I I think he did too. He sounded very clueless of reading it. That was good. I enjoyed that. (laughs) His first major performance as a title character was in Popeye in 1980. Next came The World According to Garp in 1992, of which Williams reflected, quote, may have lacked a certain madness on screen but had a great core, unquote. He then landed some smaller roles in The Survivors of 1983 and Club Paradise in 1986, although these did not benefit his career much. I didn't know he was on Survivor. 
survivors. You part of the band? The World According to Garp is a strange, strange ass movie. Never seen it. Um, Me neither. You could probably pass on it. I don't think I've it. seen it in any of these 1900s. Is it as weird as, um, oh, what's that Sean Connery movie? Oh, 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 oh. James Bond? No, 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 no. The no. one where he's doing a red thong? No, what? that's Zardos. Yes, that's one. Yeah, there's that one, and then there's the time travel one, too. Time Warriors or whatever. I don't know. I've never seen that. Um, the World yep. Court in a Garp is more grounded in reality, but it's just I'm about to get really weird. mad at this script. Yeah. Why? You'll see. You will see. Time Bandits. Sorry. Time Bandits. Time Bandits is a great movie. I can't remember that at all. It's Terry Gillum. Yeah. I thought you said Sean Connery. Yes, he's in it. He plays Agamemnon. Yeah, and like like five little people. Uh, Those were the Time Bandits. Yes, I have it. I'll lend it to you. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. It sounds familiar. Like I may have seen it, but I can't place it. A major break suddenly struck from his starring role in director Barry Levinson's Good Morning Vietnam of 1987. Who wants which... to do it? Somebody has to do it. Wait a minute, what? Chris did Somebody... a good one. No, wait, let... yeah, Chris. Good Morning Vietnam! I can't do it like Williams. Oh, <laughs> you mean the Good Morning Vietnam! That was yeah. good. That was good. <laughs> good Morning Vietnam! <laughs> this role earned Williams a nomination for the Academy Award for Best Actor. Actor. I didn't want to spike the mic. I held back. The film is set in 1965 during the Vietnam War, with Williams playing the role of Adrian Cronauer, Cronauer, a radio shock jock who keeps the troops entertained with comedy and sarcasm. You know, I notice I can say all these names when it's not me reading. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) And then when it's me reading, I can't pronounce it at all. Williams was allowed to play the role without a script, improvising most of his lines. Over the microphone, he traded voice impressions of people, including Walter Cronkite, Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Elvis Presley. Uh-huh. Mr. Ed. Wilbur. And Richard Nixon. I am not a crook. I am not a crook. <laughs> <laughs> we just let the cameras roll, said producer Mark Johnson. And Williams said, quote... Oh, wait, no, he didn't mind. say it. Oh, oh, oh God. <laughs> no, oh, he really God. did say quote. We did because no, he wanted to be Mark quoted. Johnson. Roll, said Mark, said producer Mark Johnson and Williams, quote, managed to create something new for every single take, unquote. Very. By the way, I try to do all these quotes and unquotes to show you how annoying this is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I never say quote or unquote. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. It is your turn. Why are you checking your watch? The wife sent me a picture. Okay. Oh, really? (laughs) Other iconic (laughs) movies include The Fisher King, Patch Adams. Never saw it. Hook. Okay. Aladdin. Good. Moscow on the Hudson. Pass. Jumanji. Cult. The Birdcage. It's okay. Goodwill Hunting. Very good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. If it could give us anything but Ben Affleck. And Night at the Museum. Wanted to hate it, but all of them. Pause. We're missing one of the best movies that he ever did we're not listing all of his movies we are missing one of his iconic movies we're talking about his iconic movies okay we are missing mrs doubtfire that Eh. is it was already mentioned yeah it was mentioned okay so was so was aladdin and uh hook and yes, but see, Aladdin's more iconic because he improvised that entire thing, which is the whole reason why that movie could be nominated for a- Best Screenplay. Hey, he got paid nothing. Yeah, I know. Like pennies for it. He, he 
did so good in Mrs. Doubtfire. No, I've never seen it. What? I feel Pierce Brosnan brought more to that movie. No. It looked like it was just another guy in a dress movie. No, it was so good and it was yeah. so heartfelt. It was really creepy when you yes, sit back and really think about it. It is really creepy that he dressed up like a nanny to avoid to try and go be by his kids when he was court ordered not to be. Yeah. Is that what the premise is? Really? Yeah. Yes. Did you ever see Mrs. Doubtfire? No, I've never seen it. Oh, Christopher. Because there's a whole slew of men dressing as women movies for a while. Yes, there. like and sorority it was just another boys. One. You should probably at least watch this one at least once. I've seen Please. bits and pieces of it on okay, TV. Okay, but you should watch the whole thing. I've seen him get hit in the head with a melon like many times. It was a run by Fruity. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and that Delphire is actually pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, it's all right. It's good. Williams took on more than just comedic roles, though. The film Insomnia featured Williams playing a writer slash killer on the run from a sleep-deprived Los Angeles policeman portrayed by Al Pacino in rural Alaska. That's the Stephen King one I couldn't think of. Yes. It's a very good movie, actually. It's very underappreciated. Then in 2002, in one-hour photo, Williams played an emotionally disturbed photo development technician who becomes obsessed with a family for whom he was developing pictures for a long time. I've seen that. I thought it was really creepy. That movie could not be made today. No. No. <laughs> it couldn't be made then either. It was, it was very controversial. Yep. The last Williams movie released during his lifetime was The Angriest Man in Brooklyn. In it, Williams played Henry Altman, a terminally ill man who reassesses his life and works to redeem himself. Then there were those roles that had one foot in drama and one in comedy. The World According to Garp, wherein Williams plays a writer who loves sex, wrestling, and protecting his family from all the dark life happenings around them. Sounds fun. It's not. It's really weird. <sighs> It's got John Lithgow in drag. Ooh, that's just scary. It it was scary. His role of a therapist in Goodwill Hunting in 1997 deeply influenced some real therapists and won Williams an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. That was uh, the breakout movie for um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, they wrote it. Mm -hmm. That's how Project Greenlight started. Yep. In Awakenings, that came out in 1990, Williams played a doctor modeled after Oliver Sacks. Sacks wrote the book on which the film was based, Sachs later said the way the actor's mind worked was a form of genius. In 1989, Williams played a private school teacher in Dead Poet Society, which included a final emotional scene, which some critics said inspired a generation, and then it became a part of modern pop culture. Every time I see a desk, I have to stand on it now. Yeah, I get yelled at that at work. <laughs> get down! You forgot to talk about Jack. Jack was comedy and drama. Was yeah, it? it was. It, yeah. That wasn't very successful, though, was it? It was okay. It did all right. I thought that was one of his flops. Why aren't we talking about AI? Or no, was it AI? Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, AI, yeah, AI. Or no, no, I'm thinking uh, Centennial Man. By Centennial Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe Remember right, when you said, when I said, let's do Robin Williams, and you said it would probably be like a two, three-parter? Yeah. So, yeah, some of that stuff got cut. Okay. Because it would just take too long. Yeah, you're right. In September 2008, Robin Williams started touring for his one-man stand-up comedy show, Weapons of Self-Destruction. The show focused on social and political issues. Williams poured his energy into his sold-out shows, but health problems would arise in March of 2009. Several months into the tour, Williams began experiencing shortness of breath. This led to him canceling performances, and he ended up going under the knife for heart surgery. After recovery, Williams again continued working on a number of different projects. He made guest appearances on TV shows and appeared on Broadway as part of the original cast of Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. 
In 2011, he lent his voice to the animated sequel Happy Feet 2. Tragically, in August 11, on August 11, 2014, the 63-year-old comedian was found dead in his California home. His publicist released this statement. Robin Williams passed away this morning. He has been battling severe depression of late. This is a tragic and sudden loss. The family respectfully asked for their privacy as they grieve during this very difficult time. He will be terribly missed by all of us. May he rest in peace. His body was cremated at Monty's Chapel of the Hills in San Anselmo, Anselmo and his ashes were scattered in San Francisco Bay on August 21st of 2014. Uh, it says not to end on a downer, but I've already read this paragraph and it doesn't really seem like a downer. I feel like the last paragraph that I read was the downer. Right. And this is kind of the comeback. Right. Like to end on a, how about this? To end on a happier note. The but daughter- it's the same thing. <clears throat> yeah, it's the exact same thing that you're saying. It's, no. Now, not to end on a downer, here's something positive. But that's not what it says. It's it, The way it says now not to end on a downer makes it seem like what I'm about to read is going to be no, the downer. That would be the opposite. Mm, yeah, that's the opposite no. of what it's saying, though. You're... All right, Jayla, you're the tiebreaker here. <laughs> I'm agreeing with Kristen Farras. Really? <laughs> yes, I'm totally All agreeing right. with well, that. <laughs> normally, I'm the one that's overanalyzing things. No, but... it makes it seem like what I'm about to read is the downer. Like, now not to end on a downer, but blah, 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 no. blah. But you previously read. But though, it just literally says not to end on a downer. Here we go. Here's something positive. Anyway, to end on a happier note, the daughter of Robin. Well, I'm I'm improvising. <laughs> <laughs> to end this on this isn't a, a quote. You can't improvise. Exactly. No, it's not a quote. So I can improvise. Oh, okay. To end on a happier note, the daughter of Robin Williams, who is also a writer and an actor, happens to share the name with the princess in Nintendo's Legend of Zelda series. Zelda. She grew up playing video games with her. Zelda's the name of the princess? <gasps> Zelda's the name of the princess. No, it's not Link. It's Zelda's not the Link. name of the guy. Zelda is not the name of the guy. It's Princess Zelda. She grew up playing the video games with her father, and the two would occasionally speak of their affection for the Nintendo 64 Ocarina of Time, for which Robin did a commercial promoting the 3DS version. Zelda Williams recently participated in a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild marathon for charity. Such a good game. Benefiting the Brain and Behavior Institute, which has donated millions of research, uh, millions to research of better understanding treatments and cures for mental illnesses. So and that is Robin, was... a small slice of Robin. Williams. Yeah. Just and a... the Legend of Zelda. Now, I have a theory on his depression and why he killed himself. When you're up all the time. No, I don't think it has to do with that. I okay. think it has to do with the fact that his mind worked so fast and so quick, and then he started losing that edge, and I think that's what made him depressed. I don't, I don't see, I don't see it. Yes, because he. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trouble, saying I don't see it. He's having more trouble improvising and doing stand up, and his health was failing, and his brain was going, and I think. He his couldn't deal was, with oh, it. Okay, I got it. Because <clears throat> he couldn't, his brain couldn't, he, his brain wasn't as fast as he wanted it to be. Yeah. Anymore. Got it. So that's why, that's my personal theory on why yeah. he ended up killing himself. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to venture a guess. I have no idea. Well, he was depressed. He was super well, depressed. Well, yeah, I know, but I There were speculations, what, weren't there speculations that he had found out he had Parkinson's? 
Like he was in the early stages of Parkinson's. That was may it? have been it too. I think maybe that's where I started forming my theory because that would also affect yeah your brain. Like I speaking of Parkinson's, I don't know how Michael J. Fox is going to be doing another Back in Time, Back to the <sighs> Back Future. <in> time. <laughs> Back to the future. But Fox has done really well with it. Like yeah. He's, yeah, he's been in Scrubs several times back when it was on the air too. Yeah, but that's a disease. small. He this is a filming. starring role. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, if you imagine filming on a TV set, they could stop and start it and yeah. edit that all together. But to do that for a film and you're on a on time restraint, budget restraint. I mean, that's going to be amazing. So more power to him. I'm I'm happy for it. I can't this wait to see. Scrubs and really we all know too. we're going to go see it. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I mean, they could somehow work it in, say, all of the time travel messed with his body I somehow. I thought his TV show where he had the Parkinson's in the TV show was funny. Was extremely funny where he made fun of himself with the disease mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but it got canceled what? What show is this? there was no, there was actually I I was thinking of. there right, was a, cut it out there, was, show. there was a <laughs> there was a cutaway in family guy where they were like you know we were going to take this opportunity to tell a michael j fox joke and we just thought it wasn't really in good taste and we're gonna take the high road oh wait we're, we're gonna show it anyway okay fine here's the clip and it's him walking over with a tray of red wine and he spills it all over peter and peter just rips at him okay so you 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 can be on the the hate bandwagon with me since you no but i yeah, did but i didn't make a terrible joke i was referencing a terrible mm-hmm. joke i love you Michael made J. a you terrible remember joke. That joke i remember the i grew up watching family, family ties it was awesome i try not to remember family guy most of the time family ties yes family ties yes michael j Fox growing is pains awesome. maybe all right, let's do fishbowl facts. Whoa, fishbowl. Fish okay, Chris, facts. well, you, your topic, to you pick first. first one this time. Hey, Frost, what's the light now? What? what? It's what? a Millennium Falcon. Jake, the fishbowl from Is that not hand. good enough? It's flickering too fast for me to enjoy any one color setting. It's, it's the same that it was before. John Hausman was the man who initially saw the talent of, of Williams while being trained at Juilliard. This was the reason... This was the reason... Who, this was the person who told him to focus more on his stand-up comedy routines rather than wasting time through acting classes. Who wrote that? Fishbowl facts. Fishbowl. Oh, me? You're, me? you're next. Yeah. Yeah. Quit staring at the light, Carol Ann. It goes in a circle. <laughs> in 1996, Robin Williams reached an amazing milestone which not many actors can ever claim. He had two movies. Both reached the 100 million mark in the same week in the U.S., the movies were Jumanji and The Birdcage. Wow, that's a good fishbowl fact. That is a good fishbowl fact. On June 4th, 1978, Robin Williams married his first wife, Valerie Verlardi. Their son, Hank Pym, oh, sorry, Zachary Pym, Zach Williams, was born on April 11th in the greatest year ever, 1983. <laughs> Why is that the greatest year ever? Return of the Jedi. Exactly. That's the only reason? No, Jail and I were born that Exactly. <laughs> well, Who's older, though? I'm February. Yeah, I'm October. See? Well, I'll follow Yours your fishbowl fact with I'm my October. own. 
It says April 30th, 1989, he married Marsha Garces, a Filipino-American. They had two children, Zelda Ray Williams, born on July 31st, 1989, and Cody Allen Williams, born November 25th, 1991. In March of 2008, Garces filed for divorce from Williams, citing irreconcilable differences. That was right about the time that he started doing that comedy tour and right before he had the search i got it what <laughs> when williams was first starting <laughs> out he ass. performed as a mime outside new york city's metropolitan museum of art to make money i could see that i could see that too robin was a big fan of cycling and would train with lance armstrong at times according to espn magazine Robin, Robin would even go. ESPN. Oh my God! Oh my Start goodness! Over. According to ESPN magazine, Robin would even ride shotgun in the Lance Armstrong team car at many of his races! Exclamation point. Fishbowl facts. Was that during all of his tour wins, or just certain ones? Only the steroids. It says ones. many. That was all of them. Only the ones with one ball. That's all of them. When asked if he named his daughter Zelda after the video game The Legend of Zelda. Williams said, it wasn't actually me. It was my son, Zachary, who came up with the idea. But once Marsha, his ex-wife, and I heard it, we said it was great. Fishbowl fact. My fishbowl fact is kind of redundant from something we said in the script. So That's I will okay. read it, but... I don't know. We're never redundant. Maybe we should <laughs> just access. Yeah. He postponed his one-man show, Weapons of Self-Destruction, to undergo heart surgery in March of 2009, but toured in September. Yeah, we didn't say he toured again. Yeah, no, we didn't do yeah. that. Well, so it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are the worst. All right, let's uh, let's rate this beer. Yeah. Well, JL, what do you think? Hold on, I got one last sip, so somebody else go, please. I took drinking. a sip. I, the problem I'm having is the smell. The smell hits me before I taste it. That's what she said. And the aftertaste really isn't that bad for Actually, an IPA. What? I'm just saying, that's what usually, ha- you know. Oh, my gosh. We got to work on your that's what he said and that's what she said timing. <laughs> yeah. I know. You can't do multiple he, she said, he says right now. Why? Anybody you, could say it. You can edit Why does it have to be Chris, gender specific? If you ever get around to doing it. No, it's too, it's too rapid fire. He doesn't fire. get around. He's it's married. too rapid fire. So I'm actually, I'm giving it, um, I'm giving it a two. Woo! <gasps> just because of the smell. I don't oh, like the ooh, smell. Ooh, that smell. If it didn't smell, I think I would. It would be better. What did you think of the Einstock that I brought you? Einstock was really good. All right, the label is not the label on the Crowler is better than the Einstock, but that every Einstock label is, is the same. Yeah, it's just the Viking, the outline of the Viking head. The Einstock I would give a six. Wow, the which... Crowler not so great. Mm, it's very very hoppy, but I don't feel like there's a good enough balance to it. I just feel like it's kind of all hops and nothing. More dynamic. Which some IPAs are like where they're all hops. It's just, you know. I get that. It's hit or miss. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why we're talking about it. I don't know. I, I, eh. I'm I, kind of not crazy about complicated. it. This I know. I'm kind of, I can't tell if I want to give it a two or if I want to give it a three. I, I think I'm going to give it a two. I'm really not a big fan of the flavor. It's just, it's not doing it I for can me. See it. Um, the can is cool. It's got a lot of colors, and it's... It's big. It it's... doesn't look like an IPA would come out of that can. I'm here for the size. <laughs> it's a very vibrant can. Size doesn't always matter. He said, she said, he said, she said, he said. <laughs> they said. He said that. She they never said, said that. that. 
Like Chris, I have two beers in front of me. One from the I have uh, three. IPA growler. So do I. The other is an Einstock, different from that, than Chris's white ale. We are rating the We are rating brewing. the growler. I have the Atlantic Arctic Pale Ale, which I like a lot less than the IPA. Okay. Wow. I love Einstock. Didn't see that turn I coming. I didn't see that. It's that do that was a twist me. I did not see coming no, at all. Wow. It's like M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong wrote I know. We got swerved on that one. I can't wait for the new movie that's going to be a sequel to Glass. Split, which is going to be a sequel to... What was the other one? That one. Yeah. I'm excited. The first trailer comes Lee, right? out this weekend. No, no. Bruce Willis. What? They're releasing the first trailer at San Diego Comic-Con this weekend. Jet Li when he was the fight, like a cage fighter or something. So excited. That's... From movie. <laughs> what movie was that called? Unleashed. Unleashed. There we go. With Bob Hoskins. There we, yes. What's your rating of the beer that we're rating? Um, the Einstock, <laughs> I would give a <laughs> one out of six, which no, is surprising. That's not for what Einstock. we're rating. The uh, what's his name? Of this growler. The crowler. The crowler. Crank IPA. I would give a two. I just like Chris said, or I think Nicole. It tastes all like it's all hops. The smell doesn't offend me like it offends Chris, but it's the flavor profile is basically mostly all hops and there's no nothing else beneath that. There's no other layer. Yeah. Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> all right. Chill. I would have to say that the smell hits you right off the bat. Yes. There is a slight aftertaste because yeah. you get like a dryness after the hoppiness. With that, I'm going to have to go two and a half. Wow. So overall, tell it's not terrible, but it's just not one that I could see drinking more than that. It's yeah. it's definitely a sip beer, which is kind of funny because I looked it up. It's only a six percent ABV, so the alcohol content's not the highest. No, it's just overall, <clears throat> it's just an average IPA. So, so big passes all the way around. Yeah, you know when we were at the store earlier picking up our beer, uh, he set off. Off the cuff, do you think they have Einstock? And we were able to find it. But before we decided to just go for getting the Einstock, um, we almost got the one that we tried the last time. The, yeah, the Heller. The, no, the no. Live, li, Brew, Brew the Free or Die. Yeah, that one. That one was good. The Brew Free or Die. There's, yeah. There's still two in the beer cooler. Yeah. We were really thinking about just grabbing another pack. Of it was very this. good, that I one. I just saw another one of theirs that I was interested in trying. Was but it the Bud Orange? No. Oh, because they had the same thing. No, but, but I didn't want to get two from the same brewery yeah. two weeks in a row. Yeah. We could do that, though. So There's no rules here. Yeah, but I, <clears throat> as this is a gift, because somebody personally got this for the show. Thank you, O'Connor. Yeah, thanks, Which O'Connor. Which never give us another one, because <laughs> we <laughs> no, rated it so low. No, he got it because he knows I like IPAs, and I'm sure he looked at it and went, ooh, that's a neat-looking cannon's big enough to share. Yeah. Okay. Which is I what mean, he told me. True. He got it. He was like, look, I got you a crawler. It's a growler in a can for you guys on the show so you can all sample it. Aww. He's like, those bastards. <laughs> I gave him free beer and they rated it a two. <laughs> well, Average a two. He did have it sitting in his car during the entire showing of Skyscraper. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I about to say? Emails. There, well, there <gasps> are emails. There are emails? I was going to say that we should do some more of the, what are the the ones that we tried last week? The Mead? Peanut butter, that, those. They have a couple of really interesting looking ones every oh, yeah. time I go into ABC. And I always want to try them. They're really expensive, but I'm wondering if they're good or That's not. That's because they're the drink of the gods. Drink of the gods? Mm. Is that what Mead stands for? Yeah. Yes. 
the, all the gods drink mead. They do. Yeah. Yeah. How did I not know too. this? Because you didn't watch Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I went to see Ragnarok. No, you have to watch the first one. That's where he references it. Okay. I was thinking too that we class up, uh, class up uh, the dinner for Oz bits and bring wine tasting <gasps> to pair with our fried chicken. Are we allowed to bring our burgers. own wine, or do we have to have? Oh, yeah, people? everybody brings the pairing of the wine that I. I'm not drinking Merlot. I don't. Or everybody could you know, bring Merlot's a wine and we could do a tasting. A you know what pairs well with fried chicken? Champagne. Champagne. I have heard that actually. Yeah. I don't know if I, I went, believe it, but I once went someplace and it actually had that as a suggested pairing. Oh, oh I wonder I went where to it could have been. Place. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hear off the air about this wonderful place. It's phenomenal. Anyway, they do have good fried chicken. They do. Best I've heard of. So we have a couple of emails. If anybody would like to email us, you can email us at podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to type the numbers four and two. Don't type out the word 42. Oh, that, so That highlights so much better. Podcast42show <laughs> at gmail.com. Our first email is from Scraps. Okay. <laughs> scraps what? Scraps Hello, at? Scraps. Oh, just like a user, not yeah. an email yeah. address. They sent no. this through instant messenger. So yes. glad you guys are doing another Pop Culture Big Brother. My friends and I played it as a party slash drinking game one night. It's such a good idea. I am loving the season of Big Brother so far. I'm a little behind. You need to catch I didn't watch I last night's episode. episode. You should watch this season. I by not watching it, JL. You honestly. haven't watched last night's episode yet. It's on It's on the on demand. Just You're not that far behind. You're, you're not. no different than watching the MCG. I'm still trying to finish Arrow from this season. Anyway. <gasps> That's fine. I've, I've fallen back on Arrow, but I want to watch it too. If you give in to our pleading for you to watch it, at least give it four episodes. Okay. The first two episodes, in my opinion, are never that great. No, it's introducing the just, house. Yeah, you're getting used to everybody. Nobody really knows what they're doing. It's all for the show. They're putting it on. But as you get further into the season, you start seeing who is smart and who is playing the game well and everything. So actually, I'm really excited for this week because Don't say anything. I'm not saying any. I'm just saying an unexpected person won HOH and it's going to be fun to see. Well, it's hard to believe an unexpected person won HOH. It's not. Um, our second email is from Rick <laughs> K. What, what is going on? He's having a stroke over there. What's... We're recording while the home run derby's on, and my favorite player was in it, and he got eliminated. Oh, oh sorry. What's the home Who's run the favorite derby? player? Javi Baez from the Cubs. I'm so sorry. What's the home run derby? Is that where they're in race cars? They basically just give them like straight they pitches. They just lob up balls so they can hit them out, and whoever gets the most oh. in each round advances, and he got eliminated in the first round. You know, it would be cooler if they were in race cars. That would be awesome. <laughs> Do we our have any more emails? Yeah, our second one is from Rick K. It says, if you guys are ever at one of the Central Florida beer festivals, let me know. I would love to meet everybody. Are we going to any of those, any of them in mind? I never thought about doing one, but we could. I would love to. We could set up a booth. We can do a booth at those? Yeah. What? We can do a live Jails beer cooler. We could do a live <gasps> that Jails That would beer be cool. Cooler. They should sponsor the beer cooler. There, I agree. There are Although a... they might get mad when I rate it bad. <laughs> 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 but at least we'd be talking about it and sending it out to all of our yes. viewers. I'm not always right on the beers. I Don't take my beer rating as as gold i take it as bronze i would take it more as like 
participation Plastic. trophy. <laughs> 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 That's pretty accurate, I think. I agree, JL. I got a ribbon. I got a participation ribbon. We have a new um, mascot here, too, this week. So we have Bowser every week, and this week we have Baby Groot. That came from a theme park that held a drink in it. I I know that, but we have Bowser all the time, and now we have Baby Groot here, too, and I'm so excited to have our little mascot. We also have a Millennium Falcon light. (laughs) Falcon. It used to be a Death Star. Now it's the Falcon. Yeah, it blew up. Yeah. The Millennium Falcon is the good guys. Twice. Isn't that count for anything? Is he really a good guy, though? He's not really a good guy. He came back. He came back for Luke. Yeah, he could have just run away. Chewie told him to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Neither Lando nor Han is or really have. They're chaotic neutral, I would say. Chaotic but, ooh, neutral. D&D yeah. alignments. You I have like to align. That. You have to do D&D alignments for people. What would Chris be on a D&D scale? What would I be? Lawful good? I would, no. Probably chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral? Yeah. Hmm. I have my faults. What would, I, <laughs> what would Nicole be? Just she would be neutral? She would be lawful. Neutral. Lacking Oblivious. pop culture knowledge. <laughs> NJL? Chaotic evil. Chaotic. <laughs> I can see that. Chaotic evil. What about you? What do you think you would be? Chaotic good. You think you'd be chaotic good? I think I so. don't find you very chaotic. <laughs> yeah, you're not very chaotic. Lawful good? What are the other ratings? It's uh, lawful good, chaotic good, neutral good, neutral neutral. Um, neutral neutral? Yeah, just dead middle neutral. You don't tip in the scale in either way. Then you have your... Um, what is that? Like a dead person? I would call you lawful evil. Lawful evil would be like... The Kingpin of the Marvel Comics universe. Uh, probably like Donald Rumsfeld, I'd assume. Okay. Lawful evil. You, JL, I think you would be lawful evil. Steve Bannon, I assume. <laughs> You're really going to compare me to that? No, I wouldn't compare you to Steve Bannon. But they're, they would be the uh, mindset of a lawful evil person. You can exploit the laws in such a way that manipulate it in your own evil pursuits. It's true. It's true. Yeah, that would be me. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to insult you. So you have the system no, in place. No, once and he explained it, where like, there's like a system there, and I just like. Yeah, you exploit the system to benefit you. Oh, yeah, you. that's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chaotic evil would be more like a maybe Trump who does evil on his whim. So you would be yeah, I want to be lawful neutral? Yes. Maybe lawful neutral. That sounds good. That's more like an Obi-Wan Kenobi, I assume. Oh, yeah, lawful neutral. But Nicole would be lawful. Lawful good? Neutral, neutral. Oh, nobody should be neutral, neutral. Maybe neutral good. Neutral good? I think neutral good. Neutral good. Did I miss where you explained what the first one was versus what the second one was? That's okay. That's okay. I'll go over it again later. You zoned out. (laughs) I did. You did zone out on it. That's okay. No, I understand that I zoned out. I was taking a picture. Like Batman, for example, would be a chaotic good. See, if we were actually playing D&D... And we were playing, we were role playing that we're at a campfire. The three of us would be talking and eating beans, and you'd be sleeping. I would love to play one of those <laughs> games, like Blazing Saddles. Yes, <laughs> that's one of the best scenes ever. Speaking of playing games, you know, I finished uh, South Park Fractured but Whole. That, <laughs> game, that, that game. Is that, 
that is that game, how Faraz has been introducing you to the back door? That <laughs> game that you guys made fun of me for an hour about playing and me not It was more like out. an hour and 15 minutes because we continued after and still and laughed at you. And she got nowhere. And I she did get finished. Nowhere. The she in- went to two houses in an hour. I finished <laughs> the entire game is all you need you to know. You got past the part I'm stuck on? I beat the game. Oh. I finished I the game. I saw the credits and everything. that episode almost a year ago? I know. Isn't that crazy? Wow, it's been but I just got the it's, game now to play. It's, it's not like I've been playing it the whole time. It's been no, a while. I know. No, I got it from you like four weeks no, ago. No, you did it. Like three no, it, weeks that, ago. I gave it to you. No, even you beat it quick. Yeah. Yeah, she Super played quick. it nonstop all day. I was just day. pointing out how long ago it was that we recorded that episode. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't start it then and have been playing it since. No. I beat it pretty quickly. It was fun. I just like to it. point out it took me a long time to get the joke fractured but whole. Yeah, you know they actually. It's just the way I say it now. I now yeah now, now I hear my saying. It took until hear myself Faraz saying fractured but whole, and he was like, "Oh, that I went. <laughs> oh, now I get it. Like I really. They <laughs> actually say it a lot in one part of the game. They say, "Oh, I think you have a fractured butthole." They say it. And then and I was like, ah, ah, ah. I love when they say the title of the movie in so the movie, South Park that type movie, of thing. Bigger, longer, uncut. You got that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Penis jokes I'm fine with. But fractured butthole. See, now I can now I say it all the time, but when I said it before, I never heard it at all. No. Fractured butthole. Oh butthole. Fractured butthole. I said it too slow, I think. When yes, I said it before. we were sounding out each word individually. Because it's kind of hard to say when you do, when you say it individual was fractured butthole. I have a question. Fractured butthole. See, okay. you got to say it fast. Can you explain your shirt, Stabity Bunny? It's a I comic. feel like it's familiar, yeah. but I don't. It's a comic. It's a comic. Yeah. It's an independent comic. It's really good. Stabity Bunny. They are usually at MegaCon and a bunch of the conventions where you can buy like volumes and individual issues, and they sell the shirt also. Very yeah. cool. Stabity Bunny for Stabity everybody Bunny. listening. Check it out. Since you can't see it, that's Stabity what I'm talking Bunny, about. you owe me a free issue now. <laughs> I'll thank you when I go to the next con. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show. It's been Robin fun. Williams in the can. Wow. That was really a four-parter. It's been real. It's been fun. We skipped a lot. Purposely skipped a lot, so if anybody's because he upset, has, there's that much. I know, we never thought about, we never talked about Hook, and it's like commercial controversy whether or not it was. We didn't talk about his greatest role in Cadillac Man. Yeah, <laughs> Chris hasn't <laughs> seen Hoffman, Mrs. Doubtfire. No, never seen the remix of Hook's theme Rufio. to Emperor Palpatine in uh, the Rufio. Rufio, Rufio. <gasps> there was a fan-made Rufio uh, movie that came out last year, I think, on YouTube. Cool. I'm not going to watch it. I still haven't. But some of the fan made movies are pretty good. Like Darth Maul Apprentice, I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was way better than The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yes. There is a fan made Star Wars Stormtrooper movie where it's like Stormtroopers, like, but they're set on like uh, in Cops, the TV show Cops. Yes, I saw that. That's really good. Find that one. Is it by College Humor? I don't remember who it's by. They, they usually do a lot of Stormtrooper episodes. But it, it, ju- it just follows Stormtroopers around like you would follow the show Cops. It's hilarious. It was really good. All right. Well, I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasson. I'm J.L. Trost. And I'm Faraz. Hey. Hey. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye, Nicole's Next mom. Next time. Fare thee well. <laughs> Fare thee well.
Dorothy Wells. <laughs> Engage! <laughs> you are no longer listening to Podcast 42. Some of the stuff you just heard might have been embellished, made up, or just plain incorrect. In other words, don't use this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade, just like all the hosts. But I'm not done yet! JL's Beer Cooler is written and performed by Cremo. Cremo is an award-winning actor and musician. For all things Cremo, including more great music, visit Cremo.com. That's spelled C-R-A-Y-M-O. He is on Twitter at Cremo. Facebook, just search Cremo Music. And also on YouTube under, you guessed it, Cremo.